right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I feel like I've got like a good news, bad news kind of feel coming into the podcast this week. Mm. And I'm not sure if that's the best way to describe it, but it's pretty good. As I was listening to last week's, I'll start with the bad news first. Listening to last week's podcast and, uh-huh. and then seeing the results of week five, I realized, boy, I did a lot of things wrong. Ah, well, see. <laughs> like just like just kind of recognizing, you know, humanity and you know just being just brought down to earth. Of you think you know things about football and the way things work, and then. Just did things wrong all the time, even within our own league. Uh, you know, like I talked about uh, the Battle of the Chris's last week between Chewy and yeah. Windsor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, hey, I, I was right. Windsor playing Jacoby Brissett wouldn't have been the right thing. Yeah. But I talked about Chewy's team. Like, you know, he doesn't, the only good thing he had going from Austin Eckler, and that's going away uh, in, in terms yeah. of, you know, getting the full workload and, you know, he hasn't been put in very good scores. And then he goes over 200 points. He puts right. up 214 points on, on the back of, you know, Amari Cooper going nuts and the Eagles defense, uh, putting up 35 points. And uh, I mean, just makes me look like a total fool. Oh, sure. uh, I, I mean, he pretty much doubled his, his previous high score. I'm pretty sure my words were Chewy's team does not look good this week. Yeah, you, you might have even said he lacked firepower, which I we, we know should have known. for a fact. That, we that should have known. What have I done? <laughs> Brothers, can yeah. I have his $20 then? Is that is that that's what you're right. telling me? Jeez. That's right. When when you, from your heart, claim a team has no firepower, that's Seriously, the, look what it the does. golden ticket. Look what it and does. Then, and then I talked about like Brock and Charles's matchup, and and Charles was favored by like forty points. I said that seems about right because Brock is you know totally hurting from bye weeks and right. injuries and and everything. And I talked about you know Michael Thomas on Brock's team how he's the ceiling's not tapped without Drew Brees. They're like he's we're not going to see him go for ten catches, one hundred and twenty yards, and two touchdowns. And he goes out and gets eleven catches, one hundred and eighty <laughs> yards, and two touchdowns. Like like I mean exactly what I said wasn't going to happen and Brock Rosen wins by 52 points. And so, yeah, I mean, just totally recognizing that I did stuff wrong all the time. Yep. Well, see, I think the trick Pete is just don't worry about it. Don't recognize it. Just own it. Like, you know, exactly what you're talking about and don't assume anybody's ever going to hold you accountable and just move forward. That's probably true. I probably pay way more attention to what I say than anyone else does. Yeah. It's not like we're, we're fantasy pros with our little stat of, you know how they track the professional uh, ongoing pickums for yep. the the yep. pros, and so you can kind of get a feel for how accurate of a of an analyst they really are. That's not us. We are armchair. We are professional armchair, and right. uh, I make no apologies for going with my gut and and looking at what I believe to be the facts. And I I would go back and listen to last week's episode, and I'd stand by most of what we argued. <laughs> Uh, with a couple of exceptions, obviously, <laughs> these these data points have have proven us very wrong, very very wrong. But we weren't wrong across the board, and uh, you you said you had some good news for us. Yeah. So on the flip side, I can look at week five and be very grateful that one, I'm not Derek. Because mm-hmm. Derek did not play Will Fuller mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. and Willer, Will Fuller was the highest scoring player on the week and put up something like the ninth highest 
uh, fantasy game from a wide receiver ever, maybe mm-hmm. from any any you know fantasy player ever, mm-hmm. um, and you know over 200 yards, uh, maybe 10 catches or so, and three touchdowns, and was sitting on Derek's bench. So I can be grateful that I'm not Derek, who lost by uh, you know 50 points, and Will Fuller scored, scored like 55 points. Yeah. Um, so just crazy day and crazy for that to be on Derek's bench. And then I can be grateful that I'm not Chris Windsor who finally broke out with 184 <laughs> points and just happened to be matched up against Chewy, the worst team in the league. And yet the only team that could beat Windsor on that day. And so I'm, I can be very grateful that I'm not Chris. So this is, this is a, a more, I'm uh, happy the good news is that I am dumb and lucky um, is, is the good news here and then also grateful to not be Michael who suffered a terrible beat on a stat correction when it looked like he had beat Jared the number one team in power rankings that the genes the curse of the podcast was going to come to fruition and then ESPN had messed up the scoring for Michael's kicker on Sunday and by Monday had reversed six points from his kicker and so instead of a two point uh, victory it's a four point loss for michael and uh so i'm grateful that that wasn't me so that's mm. the good news it's just just being lucky and and then i'm i was lucky i was matched up against andy you know one of like two teams that i could have beat last week um and you know that uh odell beckham did not do did not have a good game uh on monday night so yeah definitely feeling dumb and lucky uh which is both you know bad news and good news uh coming into uh, week six here. Yeah. The, the six point swing and the text we got from Jared confused me because I had to go back and look at the scoreboard and go, wait a minute. I had already done the win loss calculations. Cause I was looking at what our records were going to be going into week six as of uh, Monday night. And I was incredibly confused mainly because I'm selfish and I wanted to be one of the few four and one teams. And I was confused <laughs> as to why Jared was sitting on top once again, and uh, that uh, that text quickly clarified. Uh, and wow, what a kick in the teeth! Uh, out of out of everyone, though, it's kind of hard to decide. Like who who would you rather not be this week? I mean, there <laughs> there were so many bad beats, or so many just odd things. And like, would you would you choose to be Derek or Chris Windsor in this situation? Would you choose to be? Uh, Michael Fitzsimmons right there. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd want to be any of them right now. Uh, personally, I, I commiserate the most with Derek because I've lost with uh, gangbusters points on the bench before that made the difference, and that just is the worst feeling ever. Yeah, but you're right. And there, I mean, it was a, it was a wild week. There were so many players who went over 40 points, which is you know kind of a the magical ceiling threshold. You had Aaron Jones scoring four touchdowns, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, scoring 50 points himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned the Eagles defense for 35 points. Uh, you know, Brock had Deshaun Watson score 47 points. Like, just a crazy week for scoring um, in a very, uh, you know, kind of random pattern where you had to have one of those guys or be lucky with who you're matched up against, like uh, you and I were. So that's right. It was a wild week. Yes, it was. Uh, well, congratulations to you, sir. Uh, uh, Monday night was definitely uh, contentious. How are you feeling? I believe you had the lead going into the night, but Andy was looking pretty well projected to overcome you, even though you had uh, the opportunity to put a few more points on your bench. I think you scored higher than you were projected, higher than I expected you to 
score, tell you the truth, on Monday night. How did you feel about the Elwood Bowl 2019? Yeah, I had the San Francisco defense going up against Odell Beckham and Cleveland on Monday night, so there was going to be a very inverse correlation to my scoring and Andy's scoring uh, you know, as the night went on. So definitely felt uneasy where I had the lead but was projected to lose. Um, I did think the 49ers were a good play, which is why I added them. But I was also feeling dumb uh, by that point of the weekend. <laughs> and, uh, and I had definitely already tinkered some points out of my starting lineup. Um, and I felt like I had maybe done it again heading into Monday night. So, uh, you know, holding my breath the whole night watching that game and uh, following it closely, you know, just waiting for the, the dagger from Eldo Beckham to come at any time. Uh, thankfully, it did not come. Hopefully, I uh, successfully, you know, held my, uh, you know, reputation and some dignity uh, and did not go full pander, uh, d- you know, d- well during, that, during that game. I was, you know, trying to be conscious of it and uh so um it it was uh a little bit of an agonizing watch probably more for andy than for me uh i'm sure but uh (laughs) (laughs) well based on his group me activity alone uh, i would say that's accurate yeah so uh tough loss there but uh yeah happy to uh snatch victory from the jaws of defeat and uh just finish the week uh very lucky overall um, re- ready to look forward to week six and what is hopefully uh, going to require a little bit more skill and a little bit less luck. Yeah. Well, before we dive into week six, one more matchup to discuss, and that is what's happened to Charles. We have to talk about that. Uh, we have to talk about his his power ranking, and we got to talk about what Brock did this week, which was also equally in and of itself impressive, but kind of got a little washed out because there wasn't as much drama in his particular matchup. What do you think about these things? Yeah, so uh, I have not released the power rankings yet for this week. We're recording a little bit earlier than normal uh, tonight. It's Tuesday, but I do know in the power rankings, Charles is going to drop from number four down to number eight. Oof. So after you know coming out strong, number one for the first three weeks, he's back down to number eight. Uh, you know, some may remember preseason. I had him ranked number seven. Who's to say if you know who's right, who's wrong? You know, uh, tough to tell at this point. Uh, <laughs> Agree to both be right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you know, some people can be right at the beginning of the That's race, right. where they're like uh, yeah, in exactly, the lead yeah. at the beginning of the race, and then some people are in the lead at the end of the race. And That's you right. know, it's like both people were in the lead at some yeah. point. So yeah. um, <laughs> only uh, one of us gets to cash in the <laughs> ticket. But <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. And then Brock is moving up from number seven in the power rankings uh, up to number three. Mm. Um, so Brock's power rankings in order has gone from three in week one, then he was number five, number ten, then number seven, number three. So he's uh, you know on a very nice, nice little yo-yo, uh, yeah, n- n- nice Sign curve, wave, yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, big score for Brock, uh, and then Charles, you know, it, it, he not only lost, but he also didn't deemed with injuries too because apparently Evan Ingram may not play now in uh, this next week. Mm. Um, Saquon is already out for this next week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think Philip Dorsett might've got injured in this game and he put up a zero uh, for Charles as well. So, uh, and Patrick Mahomes, you know, he got his ankle tweaked or something um, during that game on 
Sunday night, and he didn't look himself. And uh, it was the first time you know he's ever scored below like 25 fantasy points. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a lot of these players looking uh, you know very human after they started out very hot uh, for Charles. So. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he pivots from here if he you know continues to ride these same guys who have uh, you know got out strong and are not looking so strong at this point. Yeah, it is incredibly interesting, and uh, one of the things that uh, I find kind of remarkable. One of the, we've been tracking the points week to week and the league averages, and kind of expressed a little bit of oh, this is a lighter week, or this is definitely below average uh, week. We I. I have felt that it's been a below average season, and this is definitely a huge surge in the points scored. Uh, we certainly one of our highest scoring weeks of the the season so far. I believe that is true. We scored seventeen hundred and eighteen point two points as a league this week, and our actual average uh, was only one forty three point eighteen. However, I think there's there's an outlier here. And that is, unfortunately, because Derek did not break 100 points with his 99.8 score as Will Fuller uh, delivered uh, a lot of points to nowhere for him this week. But if you were to throw Will Fuller's points on top of his score as if he had played, our league average would have been uh, 147. So it would have gone up just a little bit, 147.3, which is not bad. And it's probably the highest average that we have for the season, I think so far. Yeah. It's been a very up and down season because week two was one of the lowest scoring weeks we've ever seen. Then week three was one of the highest we've ever, one of the highest scoring weeks we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Week four again was pretty low scoring only, you know, 45 total points difference from week two. And now week five, it was only 12 points shy of week three in total points scored. Yeah. And like you said, you, you throw Will Fuller in there and it would have surpassed it. So, right. um, you know, very up and down season. You know, Brock's team, uh, you know, jumping up to number three in the power rankings. It has been very up and down. You know, as his studs go, so goes his team because, uh, you know, outside of Deshaun Watson and Michael Thomas last week, he didn't get a really, you know, great week across the whole team. It was really just those two guys went totally bonkers to right. combine for um, 88 points between the two of them. So um, it doesn't get hard to put up a, a good score after that. So, uh, really up and down, um, inconsistent uh, season for Brock's team and for you know the lead as a whole. Um, we, we've had you know some teams more consistent than others, and I think you know the power rankings reflect that in terms of who's sitting at the top. You, you know, with Jared and you um, and uh, Derek up there, the more consistent scorers overall. Uh, but there's been some wild swings uh, within each team. Yeah, sitting where I am, I, I do think I am uh, the luckier of the two. I appreciate your words about the consistency of my team, but the reality is I'm sitting in the top two spots, both being four and one in addition to Derek. So within the top four of points scored uh, after this week, Michael Fitzsimmons is beating me by a point, but uh, my points against is considerably lower than anybody else in the top four of points for. Jared is sitting at the top of our list at 764.1 points for, and he's got 655 against him as of right now. Right behind him is Chris, who's got 720 points for and 748 against. And then comes Michael Fitzsimmons, whose record does not reflect his points for at 712. 
and his points against at 709. I'm sitting at 713, but I only have 597. So there is a difference of about, uh, call it uh, 55 points or so, 58 points between me and Jared, and over 100 points between me and Michael and me and Chris uh, as of right now. So I think my schedule has favored me a little bit more than the rest of these guys. So I'm feeling like I'm a very fortunate 4 and one but I am glad to be where I am. Yep, no one's going to take those wins away from you, but uh, definitely made some good points there about the schedule luck. You know, Chris Windsor um, has kind of beat himself three weeks and then <laughs> faced uh, 213 points um, and with, a, with the fourth loss. So uh, really tough sledding there. You know, Ben is still leading in points uh, against at just 791. Stellar just job. Still way out there. <laughs> We're going to talk about consistency. He is... That's, <laughs> real a, good at racking up points against that's a that's a tough one and four i mean there's not really much um he could have done differently ben's probably been one of the more consistent scores i think you know last week was a low week for him at 105 but other than that he'd been you know relatively consistent uh in his average in the you know say it called 135 ish range so um no, not, not not a bad score there and uh, just getting crushed in the uh, scheduling side of things. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, good job this week. It was fun to watch. Definitely a lot more. But just ahead are the dreaded bye weeks that are starting to hit. And, in fact, it may be a little difficult here on Tuesday night to actually have some accurate matchup callings because those bye weeks have started to riddle a few holes in our lineups. We haven't yet hit the waiver wire to patch ourselves up before the week. And as we mentioned off the air earlier, positions are looking a little thin in the streaming department. So what do you think about the overall league health going into the bye week situation and the matchups of week six? You know, it feels like in some ways we added a bench spot or we added a spot in the starting lineup where more of the good players are rostered on the teams and the waiver wire is just bare, um, more bare than I remember it being mm-hmm. in years past. Um, you know, as I think about, you know, kind of the hot pickups for this week, even we haven't, you know, run waivers yet. So I, you know, I can't say too much, but I don't even think there's really anyone out there that's worth spending serious coin on in the, you know, free agent auction, uh, because they're all already rostered. Um, you know, anyone who, claims oh you know you should check your lead to see if this guy's available he's already always he's always already taken in our lead um and so uh and and yet there are still teams that you know have holes in their lineups and aren't able to really field a, a total complete package at the you know, in, in every starting position so it's um i don't know if it's something with the nfl or something uh what's going on this this year it's just it seems it's hard to find consistent performers for every team and i know uh it's you know hit some teams harder than others uh certainly and i think uh you know andy is uh, ready to go to total fire sale mode uh, and but you look at his team and you can still say it's not a terrible team. Like there are still pieces here that should be scoring better than they are. And I think that's, that, I think that sometimes that's the worst place to be where, uh, you know, for Andy or Chris Windsor, who, you know, happened to play each other this week, look across their team and you just say, these guys are pretty, you know, pretty good teams. They're like, they've got good players here and either by schedule or by just their players are underperforming, but 
you don't want to totally give up on them because you drafted them at a certain place for a reason and maybe they'll bounce back later in the season and you don't want to, you know, have sold low on them. Um, it, you can still see how there's a good team here. It's just not uh, putting up the W's for you. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate your comments about the waiver wire and uh, the league savviness and ability to anticipate talent in the depth charts of each team. And you're right. I have yet to find an available player based on research or on a handcuff situation in need that wasn't already taken. And it is remarkable to me. It also makes me really appreciate my league. So it's this catch 22 of, I'm like, Oh crap, but also what a great league. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, sometimes that's uh, dumb luck or just completely, uh, you know, playing off the podcast first, like last week while we were podcasting, talking to Jared and said, Hey, the only thing that's going to stop you is if someone gets injured. I went and added Chase Edmonds, the backup to David Johnson. Um, yeah. How's that working out for you? Apparently David Johnson's back locked up during the game last week. Like who could have seen that coming? Right. And we did. he may not, <laughs> he may not play against Atlanta this week, which is a pretty favorable matchup for oh. uh, running backs. So may, maybe, uh, maybe Chase Edmonds is, you know, he's the hot waiver ad this week. And I already have, him you got him. Because of the podcast. That's right. No, no, like no other, uh, well, I mean, there were other reasons. Nope. Was, uh, 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 I mean, he almost, he almost outscored David Johnson last week. Um, because they're playing the Bengals and the Bengals are terrible. Dude, backs, but of all the things, I mean, we started off the first 10 minutes of this podcast talking about how wrong we are all the time. The one thing that we can lay claim to is the podcast curse is real. We have, <laughs> we have ongoing empirical evidence of such, we have we have legitimate cause and effect hindsight results that we can say if we do this then these things happen. If I claim that somebody doesn't have firepower, watch out because they're about to steamroll right. they're about to steamroll somebody. If we <laughs> if we put somebody at the top of the power rankings and bring them onto the podcast, chances are their star players going down. I mean, these sure. things, these things are happening and, and it's happened more than once and uh, more enough to make a trend. So, yeah, um, it makes me think why our teams aren't more affected by that. We, we probably shouldn't talk about it. We should probably just ignore it. I, I think it's <laughs> like, we've built an immunity to the curse over the years, like the princess bride where he I'm has scared, poison. Pete. I'm scared. You know, it's, it's the undetectable poison, but we have built the immunity over the years. So know, now man. we, we invite people into our I battle. I don't know, man. <laughs> Scare me. First rule of Fight Club, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I've, I've said too much. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is definitely uh, blowing his ACL uh, this week. <laughs> uh, oh, better st- go start looking at quarterbacks yep, yep, on the way. I better go grab this number two. <laughs> Dang it. I was on my way right now. I was on my way. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, here I come. Oh. Let's take a look at your matchup this week. You're sitting at three and two. You're going up against Charles, who is two and three, and you uh, need a kicker. It appears. Uh, what else might you be taking a gander at this week? Alshon Jeffrey is looking uh, healthy and recovering from. Well, he actually had a decent, pretty good week last week with uh, board for you there. Uh, Lamar Jackson looks great in Cincinnati and or against Cincinnati. Uh, Devonta Freeman's been getting a little bit of hate, uh, recently. How are you feeling about him? He's just average. You know, he's, he's not what I thought he was going to be. And, um, it's one of those things where I feel like he's going to be better than he has been so far, but 
I'm annoyed by how much play the you know backup running back for Atlanta is getting. I, I thought it was going to be a lot more of the De- Devonta Freeman show, um, and it also hurts that Atlanta is losing all the time. And so um, the, he's actually got some good receiving stats because of that, but I think it's hurt his you know, touchdown uh, scoring opportunities because they're just not able to run the ball as much throughout the game, um, and they're having to throw the ball more. So um, I don't know. He's okay. Um, I, I, I hope there are, are bigger and better things in the future for him. Sure. Well, uh, Travis Kelsey has been if nothing but consistent for you, which is good. Probably on the lower side uh, of what you'd prefer him to be as well, but at least he's consistent. Your team overall this week kind of limped into the finish line, but you've got the right stuff. Um, what I don't see on your team, with the exception of your quarterback, uh, I do not see the week-to-week stud. Mark Ingram can and has been that for you uh, on a, a couple of occasions, um, but I don't see the the weekly boom going for you there. And so, uh, again, even with, uh, who else was it? Uh, Chris Thompson has had a couple of uh, bigger weeks. How are you feeling about your personal firepower if i may ask and you probably, yeah, you probably uh, want me to ask because gangbusters yeah, that's right yeah that's right tell me tell me i don't have firepower bring it <laughs> um uh yeah kelsey has been consistent but has not really popped yet and um i'm hoping that that day is still coming for him where um you know he starts scoring more touchdowns or um they need him to block less often than they did on sunday <laughs> night because that yeah, was frustrating line, yeah uh, to see Mahomes being pressured so much and it seemed like they're having to keep him in to block a lot. Um, so uh, I, I think there will be bigger days for him ahead. And I think Tyler Lockett is probably, I traded for him, but I think he can um, you know have those really big weeks as well. Um, he had a couple already this season with 10 catch uh, games. And so I'd like to see that happen more often for uh, Lockett. But yeah, you're right. I, I think other than that, I've just got some kind of steady players who you know aren't really going to go over 20 points too often unless they have uh, kind of luck into multiple touchdown days. Yeah. Well, fortunately, though, looking over at Charles's team, uh, based on what he has rostered currently, uh, and based on the condition of his bench, which his bench looks pretty beat up and, <laughs> and struggling, uh, is yeah, his bench is basically like a massage circle right now. <laughs> these guys are <laughs> these guys are in trouble over there. Uh, they're just licking their wounds. But the uh, his his trajectory has been on a little bit of a downward spiral. His rank has been falling. His his overall performance has been dropping down. And this week, he does have a couple of favorable matchups. Patrick Mahomes in Houston, we might be in store for another massive shootout. Yep. Uh, and so you might be looking at a lot of points uh, on uh, on him. Zeke Elliott is up against the Jets, and I think the Jets are uh, a uh, opponent to be steamrolled by top running backs. Todd Gurley is in, uh, he's playing San Francisco this week and I think it's a little tougher of a defense matchup for him. I like Larry Fitz against Atlanta this week and think that um, their their secondary is just so soft. The yep. ugh, their team is just struggling. So that that might be worrisome. Anyway, I think his matchups look a little bit more favorable uh, than yours do. 
but he does need a defense and he doesn't have any backup. And so if, if one more, he, he is a, a torn ACL in his uh, QB one, RB one or RB two or wide R one slot away from being an irrelevant team. Ooh, strong words. And uh, you just doomed me. I think it's uh... a, <laughs> <laughs> I had to, had to balance out the firepower comment. Yeah, well done. Nicely played. Um, I think this is a pretty even matchup um, because you're right. I think Charles does have some some good uh, matchups on his side. I but I'm definitely catching him at a good time where he's unlikely to have Evan Ingram or Saquon Barkley playing on short weeks, and they're playing against New England anyway, um, who have been you know just an awesome defense at shutting down opposing players. So. Uh, probably not going to be good week from there, but yeah, you're right. Mahomes against Houston, that is a big worry spot uh, for me, and uh, as well as Zeke versus the Jets and Fitz versus Atlanta. So um, yeah, a couple things to keep an eye on there. Hopefully if Mahomes has a good week, that means Kelsey's having a good week and it helps balance things out a little bit for me. <laughs> All right, we will see what happens. Let's hop over to what's interesting. Uh, I kind of like Jared and Chewy this week after these two have boxed it out uh, in their overall points. And if Chewy maintains what he just did and Jared continues to perform, he might have a really good, strong matchup and be in the top tier of points scored this week. Uh, what do you think of the layout? Actually, you know, Jared's going to be projected for higher points, but I think this is going to be pretty close. Um you know, look at Jerry's team. He's not the number one overall quarterback. He's not the number one overall tight end. Uh, Russell Wilson and Austin Hooper, respectively. And Austin Hooper is going against Arizona, which is the prime matchup for tight ends so far this season. Uh, they've just been toasted by tight ends. Um, on the flip side, Chewy has Calvin Ridley going against Arizona, uh, coming back uh, you know, the other way. So there could be just a... Uh, trade-off there of whether Ridley or Hooper is catching touchdown passes against Arizona because there will probably be touchdowns aplenty in that game. Which I'm fine with. I uh, I hope Austin Cooper does get a few in the air. <laughs> yeah, obviously that would favor your Matt Ryan. Um, Chewy's getting on Johnson back from a bye week and in an expanded role after they cut CJ Anderson from the Lions. And now he's going against Green Bay's rush defense, which is susceptible um, to the ground game. And I think the Lions will play well there and, uh, coming off the bye, and Johnson will have a good game. Uh, whereas Jared may not have David Johnson uh, playing this week. So we'll see. I think. The, this I think this one will be uh, closer than the standings and total points for the season would say they would be. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. I think ESPN's a little bold to only project Austin Eckler for 14 points when that would be roughly, I don't know, six points less than his average <laughs> from the, the year. He's been uh, a stellar, stellar player for Chewy. I... Uh, yeah, the matchups, Mari Cooper against the, the Jets looks good. This is probably a, a close matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if I had to pick on the numbers, still got to pick Jared. Yeah, I'm going to pick uh, Chewy just because it seems like there's more arrows pointing up there. Mm-hmm. So um, probably a, a bad pick, but it's kind of fun to cheer for the underdog and try to ride the wave. Well, he's got the old mo. 
That's right. Speaking of momentum, uh, but on the opposite side of the coin, let's hop over to Ben's matchup with Brock. Brock is three and two. Ben is at one and four. Now we have discussed the one and four ranking. Uh, we have talked about how being one and four in the standings is a scary place to be. Uh, we in our league, as of week five, have three teams that are one and four. They include Ben and Andy, as he, as you mentioned, fire sale to the highest actual bidder, uh, and likely fueled with a little bit of inebriation. And uh, of course, Chris, after this bad beat this week, I I take his one and four a little less seriously because of that. However, it seems like Andy's is is uh, a little bit more righteous in its as <laughs> is Ben's. What do you think of Ben and Brock's matchup this week? Ben Ben's got several starters on bye week: um, John Brown, Tyrell Williams, and Terry Cohen uh, right now. And you know, I don't think we've seen a really active management style from Ben this season. So I think those bye weeks will um, affect him pretty hard in terms of depth available to him. Uh, but on the flip side, Brock is, you know, like I said, he, he's going to go as his studs go. He's got Deshaun Watson in Kansas City as well as DeAndre Hopkins in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. To me, tough. that could go either way. Yeah, uh, I think Kansas City is a tough place for opposing offenses to put up a big score, um, even though they don't have a, a great defense. Somehow, you know, they kind of limit the points. Um, you know, the, the home field advantage is really strong there. Um, and Michael Thomas going against Jacksonville, which. If Jalen Ramsey plays, uh, is not a good matchup for Michael Thomas. But if mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey does not play, it's a great matchup for Michael Thomas. So, uh, you know, early in the week here, total wild card there. I would guess Ramsey will not play, and Michael Thomas will have another good week uh, with New Orleans really leaning on him. Mm-hmm. But there's not a clear matchup that I love for either team, um, to be honest. And so. I think this one will be a low-scoring affair. I would have to uh, favor Brock's side of it, um, mostly because of uh, you know, the, the bye week's effect on Ben's team. I agree entirely. All right, where do you want to go from here? All right, let's talk about you and Scott. Uh, I wish we could have had Scott you know, on the podcast to join us with us because um, it's always fun when uh, we're matched up against him and get to, to talk to him about it. Um, he only has, you know, five players plugged into his starting lineup right now. Um, but the five that he does have pl- plugged in, you know, Nick Chubb is the number five overall running back. Aaron Jones is the number four overall running back. DJ Shark is the number five overall wide receiver. And Mark Andrews is the number four overall tight end. So he's got some top five players um, in there going against you. So yeah, it's may, not hard to, <laughs> he may not need to fill his, his that's spots. Right. Yeah. That's right. I'll just beat you uh, yeah. with the fi- five smooth <laughs> oh, stones. Oh, man, like wouldn't that be a David kick in the teeth? Yeah. Um, so he's got some, you know, good players to build around, and uh, he, he's kind of a, a wild card every week with how he plays his team. But he's been put up good scores, um, and you can't argue with the results. Um, on, on your side, you've got uh, Matt Ryan and Mohamed Sanu going against Arizona. That's a, a great place there. Um, Adam Thielen going against Philadelphia's secondary. That's another good matchup, as well as Edelman against the Giants and the Patriots against the Giants, yeah. who are. Saquon less, Evan Ingram less, Sterling Shepard less, and uh, you know not not a great offensive line. So I love it. Patriots defense should continue to roll. Um, what did they do last week? They put up 14 points last week, so mm-hmm. uh, you know not a bad week there. Which might be the lowest of their season, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're 
yeah, that's when your defense put up about 14 weeks and it's a, kind of a low point, that's uh, mm-hmm. tells you something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think you're looking good here, and um, you should have a, a good score. Um, Scott's in, in with you, but I think uh, I, I gotta lean your direction with so, the way some of these matchups look right now. I appreciate that. I'm a little nervous. Uh, the Giants are playing the Pats on Thursday night this week, and so yep. it will be interesting to see what this stacks up looking in going into the weekend. I really hope uh, my boy Kamara gets a touchdown or two or three this weekend. He's got some tracks to make up for uh, after only, I think he only has two for the season. So hoping he recuperates uh, a little bit or gets a little bit more action on the goal line. But uh, if everything goes, if all else fails, I'm, I'm hoping the Pats stand in and carry me to victory once again. Defenses win pre championships. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's look at Derek and Michael's matchup. Derek is four and one, uh, but you know he's what tenth in the lead in points scored. Um, so it's a, a fortunate four and one. Finally, had to pay the piper last week um, and take the the loss. I think even if he started Will Fuller, he probably still would have lost anyway. Um, you know, like to kind of rag on him for not starting Will Fuller, but. Uh, you know, he, he would have had to replace someone who scored like 10 points. Mm-hmm. So it still would have only been about a 45-point swing, and I think he still would have lost last week anyway. So um, while, while it sucks to have 55 points on your bench, I don't think it would have changed the outcome there. Um, but this week, going against uh, Michael, um, let's see, Derek has Julio Jones against Arizona. I mean, we, we got to love every Atlanta player, but Julio is due for a bounce back week. Um, he's, I think had two kind of downers in a row against Tennessee and Houston, um, which both seemed like they could have been games that he, uh, did well in, but, uh, he, he did, failed to reach double digits. So it should be a good bounce back spot for Julio. Um, and then, uh, Derek is, is going to be missing Darren Waller at tight end, who's been the number six overall tight end and a, a great play. Um, so, you know, we know we know tight end is bare on the waiver wire. It'll be interesting to see how he fills the holes there. Um, it's not looking like a, a super strong week for Derek overall um, across the board. And um, I think Julio is the one standout for me. What, what do you think about Michael's team and anything I missed on Derek's side? I think the only comment I would make about Derek's side is that he's got tight end troubles this week uh, because the waiver wire has nothing to offer on tight ends and his backup tight end has been riding the uh, injury reserve in the form of David Njoku who went down week two with not only a concussion, but he broke his wrist. (laughs) So now that he's cleared concussion protocol, he still can't play because the Joker got creamed. And so... (laughs) Uh, that's a tough, tough hole in your lineup to have right there uh, when there's not a lot of availability to fill it. Uh, so other than that, uh, no real comment on Derek's team. I don't have much to say about Fitz's team other than it looks good this week. Um, I'm excited about the Texans game for sure. Looks like that'll determine quite a bit this week uh, in this matchup particularly, uh, Carlos Hyde included. Because uh, he has potential to go gangbusters this week too inside that, so it, it really just depends on, on, in my mind, how much of a shootout that's going to be. That's going to be a very critical NFL game this week for several managers. Yeah, I think 
overall, I'm starting to get the feeling that this is going to be a lower scoring week than last week anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a couple spots where it's looking like there's going to be a lot of fantasy goodness. Um, you know, the, the Ravens drawn against Cincinnati would be one. So uh, Michael Scott, Hollywood Brown um, might be able to exploit that matchup. And then Atlanta and Arizona should be a, a good shootout. And uh, Michael also has Tyler Murray uh, facing Atlanta's poorest defense in that one. Um, and I think Tyler Murray's due for a, a big game. He's starting to run the ball more. He's starting to throw the ball deeper. Um, and we should see him. Uh, you know, He had his highest score of the week with 25 points, uh, mostly from his rushing abilities at Cincinnati last week and now coming home against Atlanta. I think he'll have, uh, I think he'll get to at least 25 points again. So uh, we'll see. But I think I like Michael's side on this one. And uh, we might see Derek uh, start to slip and uh, take a losing streak here. Uh, I, I think you might be right. Let us see. I'm going to go with Derek because uh, I believe in him. All right. It's uh, very motivational. <laughs> That's all I got. Let's hop over to uh, Andy and Chris. The two one and four head to heads this week. Um, how is if Andy? A, if there's ever if there's ever been two managers who needed a win more, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at least one of them is going to win. It's not like this week the Redskins and the Dolphins are playing each other uh, in a matchup. It's like one of them is going to win. Um, so uh, you know they, they won't be uh, struggling forever, but. Uh, yeah, these these two guys, uh, they could both use a victory here. Yeah. I, I look at the teams, and just at first glance, it does look like Windsor is a little bit stronger in matchups as well as just overall uh, performance right now. He does have Marlon Mack on by, and so he's going to have to slide a uh, an RB into place, and he doesn't have any option on his bench to do so. And so he's going to have to figure that out. He's also going to need a defense, uh, which he does not have just yet. Uh, he he has more of a bye week bite than Andy does, but he's got Andy Dalton, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore up, looks good. Stephon Diggs up against Eagles. Uh, George Kittle, really enjoying George Kittle right now. He looks good. Um, and uh, Golden Tate up against uh, New England. That's probably his toughest uh, matchup in his lineup currently, but overall I see more upside in Chris's team than I do Andy's right now. Andy's probably greatest Hail Mary is Tom Brady up against the Giants this week. Yeah, Tom Brady at home versus the Giants on Thursday night should really tell us how this game is doing or how this matchup is going to go. Um, Andy also has James White against the Giants as well. Who knows if it's going to be a game where the Patriots use White a lot. Um, but if Brady's throwing a lot of touchdown passes, the Giants have a very susceptible secondary. Um, and you know, he gets one of those to White, then Andy should be in a really good position heading into the weekend. Um, you know, on the flip side, Windsor has Golden Tate against the Patriots. Terrible matchup, but the Giants almost literally have no one else to throw the ball to at this point. Sure. And it could be a big week for Golden State just from getting peppered with short targets because um, they're down to their third string running back. And, you know, they might be missing their top wide receiver and their tight end. Um, and they just don't have a lot of other still full players there. And Golden Tate is a he, he talented guy, He's a fun one to watch, and especially a, a tough guy who might be able to, to win some of these hard matchups. So um, we shall see. 
But you know, there's a lot of uh, similarities here where uh, Windsor has Tristan McCaffrey and DJ Moore for Carolina joining against Tampa Bay, while Andy has Curtis Samuel joining against Tampa Bay. Um, and that will, uh, you know, who, which one of those Carolina players gets the points will uh, certainly drive this matchup as well. I, I kind of like Andy's side overall. Uh, I could see, you know, Adele Beckham having a bounce back game at home against Seattle. Um, Curtis Samuel, I think, will do well. And, um, and and I like you know Brady and White to play well for the Patriots. So I think this will be a bounce back week for Andy in terms of points scored. Um, uh, though I do think Windsor will put up a good score as well because of the matchups you called out. So uh, hopefully this is a, a close one. I, I would call this the game of the week, even though it's, I agree. Uh, it's two one and four teams. This will <laughs> definitely matter. be it'll definitely one to watch because um, both teams are, I think are better than their one and four records. And if they get that win up to two and four, then they're really they're, they're right back in the uh, playoff chase. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Call it game of the week. week, 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 week. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well, I feel really, you know, insecure after Jared brought his own sound effects to our podcast and now I feel the need to supplement. Well, maybe we should try actual sound effects instead of, Using using your own mouth. I don't know. That sounds like effort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, uh, I've been meaning to ask you how how's uh how's your wife this fantasy football season? Here we are coming up on week six. How's her attention span and the uh, overall degree of apathy? Uh, I think she's you know like maturing as a you know fantasy football wife, where like she's uh, becoming you know I've got the red zone. Uh, on the NFL app now mm-hmm. instead yeah. of on the TV. So, uh, you know, like during lunch on Sunday, she's like not even commenting that I'm, you know, watching the game while we're eating lunch together as a family. She's like probably not okay with it, but she's just resigned to the fact that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's also, you know, she's asking, you know, you know how, how's your team's doing today? And, uh, you know, most weeks have not been able to give a good report, but, uh, you know, the, Last week was a good week. I was able to tell her I won in both leagues and nice. uh, got the high score in my other one. So, um, yeah, she's keeping up with it and uh, actually feigning interest very well. So, yeah, uh, she's, yeah she's she's definitely doing uh, doing her job. Man, I'm really happy for you. It's <laughs> a great report. <laughs> That's good, man. Well, six weeks coming up. This is the weekend, remind you, and I, I meant to go back and look at the history before we began the podcast tonight. This is the annual hiking trip that I go on, if you recall. We drive, oh, up, right. we drive mm-hmm. up to Arkansas, we get there on Friday afternoon, and we roll in, and I'm off the grid. There's no cell reception whatsoever until I roll back out sometime around Monday afternoon, and I'm pretty sure that I have lost every hiking weekend i I need to go back and look i'm very curious i I think that's true at least i remember losing poorly last weekend especially and i remember it being a a a kind of a dangerous situation because i think i had an injury that i was unaware of and there was a lot of chatter about on the group me so when i came out of the forest and got back on the grid the group me had blown up and it was pity slash uh, i mean feigned pity if you will it was more so like (laughs) haha pity coming my way and I just remember looking at the scores and being like oh snap and uh, getting pretty trucked uh, that week so uh, I hope history does not repeat itself but I am curious to know how often it has to date 
But that'll be this weekend, so we'll see what happens. I'm also going to have to trust you, Pete, as the commish. I'm giving you permission. You're hearing it on the air right now. I'm going to ask you, would you be willing, sir, to moderate my team? And if there's a game day decision that you know I would be aware of and would have made a change in regards to that call, would you be so kind as to uh, take care of my team for me? I will accept your proxy and um, do my best to pay attention um, as to <laughs> any injuries that happen to your team. <laughs> that being said, if, if I come back and you have submarined the week a la playoffs 2018 and half my team is on, on a non-existent bench <laughs> <laughs> and you try to make some argument about you know better playoff positioning <laughs> from here on out, uh, I may be upset. Yeah, that that would be uh, totally justified. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the results of this weekend. We started, you know, we've got three teams at four and one, starting to separate themselves. Some three teams at one and four. We know at least one of them is going to get a win this week, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe get back in the hunt here. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this is a big week, and uh, you know the uh, playoff odds are you know just around the corner. Only you know four or five weeks until we start seeing some playoff odds, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, playoffs around the corner um and also with it being potentially a lower scoring week overall that should mean some closer matchups as well and so you might come out of the woods to uh, a tight one uh, i think that has certainly happened before and uh you get the uh i don't, I don't know if you, will you come out of the woods monday morning and uh so you'll be aware of uh status before monday night or do you not see it until tuesday uh, i'll be out about mud- monday midday so yeah yeah, so hopefully you'll come out and uh, did to uh, agonize over a, a Monday night result. Well, we shall see. Looking forward to it because it's the greatest fantasy football league in the world. And this is its podcast. He is Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.